This is a fourth hand production. Story in the news today. You believe in ghosts and the paranormal? Are they UFOs or are they like some crazy experimental, you know, governmental I don't know, uh, planes man. that they're building? And police in Española are catching more than just criminals. They're catching images of what they believe are ghosts. There's this weird animal-like creature that was shot, wolf-like creature that just stood out in some odd ways. Welcome to Strange Uncles. I'm Shane. I'm John. I'm Dave. <laughs> no, you're not. He or can maybe be you are. No, oh, you can be whatever you want to be when you grow up. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. Oh, Jesus. That's a nice segue, by the way. So <laughs> that's actually perfect. Welcome to Strange Uncles, everybody. Uh, this actually is bringing back our 40 in news that we're going to do. This is uh, December, basically. We're going to try to do this once a month. We did this last season, and I don't know, boys. I thought it was it was fun to kind of kick off and do, and I figure once a month it's you know worth yeah. stabbing the dark. I like it. It's a it's an easy episode. We don't have to go through a ton of research or anything. So, and it's good to stay up on current events of the weird and what yeah, have you. When you can find them. When you can find them, it's <laughs> Yeah. It's a little slow right now, but Yeah, we, it was kind of digging the bucket to a find bit. Some shit. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of digging the bucket a little bit. You know, you texted today, it's like, "Man, finding the news is kind of sh-. I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I I see it. I looked all over and I couldn't find a lot." Yeah. Um Um this is our first news of this season. Correct. Yeah, season so. four. Yeah, yeah. We, we have, it's been God. It's been a while since we've we've covered the news. There yeah. are a few good stories though that we'll get into. I'm oh sure. boy! So I can't wait. So you know, we're actually good. We talked back and forth about making sure that half this episode, at least, is a conversation about something that occurred in Utah. If that doesn't plant a seed for any of the listeners, I don't know what will. But honestly, you know, something's kind of. I, it, I mean, it's funny if nothing else, but, you know, we'll get into it. We'll kind of roll into it. Um, I guess with that being said, John, do you want to kick off? We just want to go around the table sure. a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, while, like, scouring fucking anything to find interesting that's kind of, you know, space-wise or anything, I stumbled across this. It's a Reuters article that came out today, December 1st, as we're recording this. Um, and it's an Australian telescope maps deep Space at record speed and i thought this was super cool i haven't heard anything about this at all um so it's says in melbourne it's a there's a powerful new telescope in outback australia that has mapped vast areas of the universe in record-breaking time revealing a million new galaxies and opening the new way to just uh, the new way to new discoveries the country's national science agency said on tuesday um, it costs $138 million radio telescope dubbed the Australian Square Kilometer Array Pathfinder, super spiffy name, or better, ASCAP, was able to map about 3 million galaxies in just 300 hours. Comparable surveys of the sky have taken as long as 10 years. Jesus Christ. Can you yeah. imagine? That's it's crazy. Like I can't even imagine what we're going to be able to find with that. But uh, astronomer Dave McConnell says it's a really a game changer 
he was the one that led the Commonwealth Scientific and Industrial Research Organization study of the southern sky at the Murchison Radio Astronomy Observatory in Western Australia. Wow. And he says, what makes this telescope unique is its wide field of view using receivers designed by CSIRO, which allow it to take panoramic pictures of the sky in sharper detail than before. So the telescope only needed to combine 903 images to map the sky compared with other all sky radio service surveys that require tens of thousands of images. Hmm. So, I mean, 903 compared to tens of thousands of images. It fucking blows my mind. And plus the name ASCAP. Perfect. Just perfect. (laughs) Uh, Not to be confused with the musician ASCAP. Um, (laughs) So this guy, so having a telescope that can survey the sky in a few weeks or months means the process can be repeated again and again in a relatively short space of time, allowing astronomers to systematically spot and track changes. Uh, it says, even with the first pass we've got right now, compared with previous images, we've already found some unusual objects, McConnell said, uh, including some unusual stars that undergo violent outbursts. Like tender tantrums? I guess, yeah, there's some mm. angry stars out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, he said data gathered in this survey would allow astronomers to find out more about star formation and how galaxies and black holes evolve through statistical analysis. Um. The initial results were published on Tuesday in the publications of the Astronomical Society of Australia. Wow. So pretty pretty awesome. It seems like we're able to map way more of the universe. That's badass, actually. I mean, think about that. You know, technology. I mean, geez, you know, and every day, you know, we're finding new planets, exoplanets, all this stuff going on. And here now, this technology, I can't give it like a month, three months. And then I'm just curious on what we see and what we think we see out there. You know, that's fucking crazy. Yeah, I mean, if, if they can do it that fast, something that took 10 years takes them like 300 days. Um, I mean, who knows what they're going to discover with that kind of thing, especially just it's, yeah. Yeah, the, how, how's I think, it I, think I think they're about to get a super huge boost in like what they know about our solar system and galaxies far, far away. <laughs> Get a nice Star Wars reference. <laughs> Thank you. I like, glad I added that in there. Yeah, that was you know it's catchy, really catchy. So now, yeah, when I yeah. saw that this morning, it made me it got me pretty excited as to you know what the future holds for them and for us. That's I got to say that's pretty cool. Um, I stumbled on that article, but I kind of figured being you, you know, you're the space guy, like aliens, you and Josh both. But I went the other direction on mine, and I got to say, I was excited this morning to find this out. And it is Clyde Barker regaining U.S. rights to Hellraiser after a legal battle. You guys hear about this at all? Nope. On your side? Well, let me start this. Are you, <laughs> I know Josh probably isn't because you got you don't like scary movies. Um, Hellraiser fans, any of you? You seen the movies one and two? Uh, I saw the first Hellraiser. Okay, yeah, I, I liked it. It's, been a bit. It's good. I mean, it's yeah. weird, right? You know, not creepy. Yeah, no, it's cool. I, I liked it. It's you know, been the, a while since I've seen him, though. It, it's it's yeah, it's actually been a bit. And you know, the whole premise of him. I remember watching when I was it like in high school with a friend of mine, and this cat was hanging on the door. And holy shit, it, he just so happened to jump in the the house the same time that some scene happened. I didn't think that cat was going to get away with his life because my buddy had a bat. And he was going ape shit. It was not a pretty scene whatsoever. But uh, aside from that, 
this is what's kind of cool. So I'll give a little bit of background to this before I do the story. Um, so Clyde Barker, most of you probably know, you know, he's written books. He's been behind movies. Uh, he was behind Lord of Illusions and, of course, Hellraiser. Hellraiser wasn't initially what he called it, and I'll cover it here in the story. But I want to give some premise back to that. He So he did one, and he did Hellraiser 2, which was Hellbound which were two of the greatest shows ever in the series. And then after that, he just went to shit. And he was on board being producer, working all this stuff. And basically, uh, he just wasn't in it. He's like, look, this isn't going to go anywhere. People didn't grab onto it like I thought they would grab onto it. And he signed his rights away, pretty much. And he produced on Hellraiser 3. And the other ones were straight to like video. And it was just shit after that. He had nothing to do with them. But it kind of pissed him off because he didn't really know that it was such a cult going, that like it was going to build from where it was. It just took years to do it, you know, and yeah. that's the thing. So that's where this article comes in from. It's kind of funny. So much like the ongoing legal battle over who actually owns the original Friday the 13th, which I don't know if you guys know about that. It's been a battle. Um, writer Victor Miller and director Sean Cunningham another 1980s horror classic, has been in the midst of less publicized legal battle in recent months. We're talking about Hellraiser Today, the 1987 horror film uh, with Clive Barker based on his own novella. So, long story short, Barker recently sent a notice of termination of producers in an effort to regain the rights to his novella, The Hellbound Heart, and the horror classic it spawned. Enacting the very same Copyright Act of 1976 that Victor Miller enacted in order to regain rights to the original Friday the 13th, a win currently being contested by Cunningham in court. So what's cool about this is Barker basically dug out this thing from 1986 saying, hey, you wait 35 years. After 35, you're within a five-year compliance that you can write about your rights and take that over. And that's exactly what he's doing. And the courts look like that they're going to give it to him. And what's cool about that is, present day, there's a Hellraiser series being done for HBO. Um, There's also a franchise, right, for something else that's going on with um, Showtime. I mean, it's kind of coming into its, granted, 35 years later, but it's kind of coming to its own, and it looks like Clive Barker is actually going to own that. And if that's the case, being this... Those are his characters, what he wants to do. He's actually got writers David Gordon behind it. He's got writers of Michael Doherty. I don't know if you guys seen Trick or Treat or Krampus. Yeah, I, I love both those. Yeah, so that's Michael Doherty. So he's okay. on board writing for the HBO series, and so is uh, Mark Verheating, which is uh, part of the Star Galactica, which was on Sci-Fi. So they're on board do with doing Oh, such a great show. God, I wish I would. I hate to say it, reboot it. It's been a bit, but... They've been talking uh, about it. I heard. Yeah, I heard they I'm were. I'm sure they will give it a give it a year or so. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see where it goes. But hopefully his legal battle actually comes through. Um, I've always been a Clyde Barker fan. Again, if nobody on this podcast and listeners have checked out um, Hellraiser and or Lord of Illusions is one of my favorite. You can't even find that movie. You can't even uh, buy it. for. I think there's a special collector's copy for $100 on Amazon. It's just not out there. But it's a fantastic show. His mind is just crazy. And if he buys the rights back to what he originally wrote these characters to be, uh, God, open the gates of hell, literally. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that that's cool. I'd, I'd be stoked to see like a new redo of Hellraiser. I think What's that dude's name? Pinhead? 
that Pinhead? his name? Yeah, yeah. Pinhead. Pinhead yeah, there were some, the... some creepy-ass characters in oh, that first one. The Cenobites and, oh, God, yeah. The list goes yeah. on. It's crazy. You know, it's a really great show. I just think it was kind of ahead of its time as far as the plot, but not mm-hmm. with effects, and that's where it missed. You yeah. know, if you do something like that 10 years after, 20 years after, I think it really would have sold. But that's where the cult classic comes into. I think just, the uh, you know, the effects in Hollywood at the time, man, just really wasn't there to make it work. Yeah, the budget might not have been there as well to really boost it up. Yeah, That kind of reminds me, um, HBO is coming out with a four-part miniseries about the Heaven's Gate cult. Oh. And that, that comes out December 3rd, so I believe it'll come out before this episode airs. Oh, nice. But uh, once this comes out, if anybody hasn't heard yet and has HBO, check that out. It seems like it's going to be pretty pretty cool. Never before seen footage and all that crap. Oh, no shit. One of those. Oh, man. To keep it entertainment themed, did you guys know that they're making a new uh, stand, I think, miniseries? Yeah, I saw that. It's like a CBS original or something like that. Yeah, which unfortunately it's on CBS All Access and I'm not paying for another (laughs) <laughs> subscription to an app for a free channel. Touche, yeah. sir. <laughs> but uh, I might do the free trial once this is out. It looks really good. Like uh, Eric from True Blood plays the Dark Man. Yeah, I saw that. I literally saw that yesterday. I was like, "Holy shit!" There's a new stand. Yeah, from yeah, True Blood. It looks, is that, it looks uh, really good. Is that Skarsgård? Is that his last name? Yeah, he's a brother he's, of you know, the one of that dude's twelve children. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, Jesus. But yeah, it it looks super rad. Well, um, I got a quick follow-up, and then I'll throw it to you, Josh, um, not to sure. go into it. But uh, we also have a reboot going on, which I actually can't wait to see. Did you guys ever remember Toxic Adventure back in, like, 84? Uh-huh. It was, like, a yeah. grade B, damn near C type thing. As trauma films is one of the biggest, one of the most popular trauma films. Yeah, and actually, what's funny is, uh, remember the interview that we did? We talked about classical movie monsters back in season, I want to say, two and it was with the guy that was out of Nevada. So he yeah. actually did special effects and monsters for trauma films for a bit. Oh, nice. Yeah, so he has like a big Toxic Avenger thing hanging around in his museum if you tour it, um, mm. which is kind of cool. But anyway, uh, Peter Dinklage is to star in the new Toxic Avenger reboot. So it's just going to be a tiny little Toxic Avenger running around? Uh, hopefully he's scary. I, I, <laughs> I <don't laughs> That sounds terrifying to me. <laughs> Anyway, I thought that was funny. I love Peter Dinklage, Joe, because the guy's he's an amazing actor, you know, but yes, he is tiny. He's playing the the actual Toxic Avenger, though, is he? Uh, Yeah, that's what it says. He's actually Mm -hmm. playing the, he's the star of it. So I don't know who else would be the star. A different character. Uh, Maybe the girlfriend. I'm going to think that would be the other one. I would think Toxic Avenger would be how he was going to go, but. Yeah, but the Toxic Avenger is. I don't want to sound like a dick, but he's big, (laughs) bigger. Maybe that's an irony. I don't know, dude. <laughs> Just got some little pissed off guy running around. Yeah. Anyway, you know, for uh, the, just update news. So, yeah, Josh, you know, hit it on your side. What do you got? Oh, man. Um, just a quick aside, John, when you said ASCAP, that reminded me of the music licensing company ASCAP and yeah. BMI. And it mm-hmm. reminded me of when they used to send spies into Kilby Court because they didn't believe <laughs> us that we didn't have uh, – Cover bands playing. Yeah. Which is I, know, I remember playing Kilby and you'd have to sign a thing saying <laughs> we don't play do covers or anything. Yeah. No like shit. We, yeah, we used to have to have bands sign a, a waiver that said they wouldn't pay wouldn't play covers because we didn't pay the dues for ASCAP or BMI. 
and they didn't believe that a small all ages venue could be successful without cover bands, even though it was like the premier punk venue for fucking states. Yeah, who the fuck wants to go see a cover band unless you're like 45 and your name's Marjorie and you're going out to the bar? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I fucking love White Snake. <laughs> Sing go it again, Mark. Danger Kitty. Yeah. Well, we're halfway there, Betty. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking funny. But anyway, uh, so I did manage to find something weird. Um, zombie Minks. Mm. As in the aminals, the, wow. the cute little guys that people make coats out of because people suck. And they make fantastic um, coats. <laughs> They're pretty smooth. <laughs> so minks infected with a mutated strain of COVID-19 in Denmark appear to be rising from the dead, igniting a national frenzy and calls from local officials to cremate mink carcasses. Dun, 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 dun. With a cross in the hearts. Tiny, tiny little cross. Yeah. This is how it starts. <laughs> right? I mean... I've seen the opening montage to World War Z a million times. Exactly. Um, so, and speaking of the stand, that's how uh, Captain Trips started too. Uh, not huh. with meeks. Oh no, shit! Spread from birds. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. <laughs> um, so while the site itself is certainly terrifying for the residents of West Jutland, a region of the country grappling with confirmed COVID-19 cases connected to mink. Uh, there's likely a scientific explanation explanation for the zombie like reemergence from their graves. Ooh, spooky. <laughs> so basically uh, they're only burying them three feet deep and they're, it's like a mass grave. So as their bodies are decomposing and the gases are coming in, it's like pushing some of them up to the surface. Oh, oh my god seriously so they're not like reanimating they're not like crawling out of the ground and crawling around or anything they're just like bloating and pushing out of the shallow grave they've been oh my god. In. classic mistake man yeah i was gonna say they're yeah. not hooking tiny little bells with strings on them where if they just but happen to be alive they can wiggle it up on the it, surface it is freaking out the danish citizens in that part of the country <laughs> though uh but mostly because they're worried about how close the area that they're burying them in is uh, to the water table and the mm. river system. So yeah. they're worried about it getting into the drinking water. Fair enough. Sounds like a, you know, reasonable. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that's a concern. Yeah. Reasonable yeah. concern. Yeah. So it's, it's funny that they lead with the whole like zombie angle, but really it's just, they're more worried about contamination than anything. Yeah. Um, well, that's but, just, that's just the clickbait article right <laughs> exactly uh but the nation has planned to cull all 15 million minks in the country which produce 40 percent of the world's mink fur so that's kind of a bummer that they're just going to kill all these animals and then not even like do anything with jesus them. yeah they're just going to kill them yeah still not bury them. Yeah. well i hope they it, go further than three feet yeah well they're going <laughs> to go to six feet and put oh. a fence around it well there you go yeah. solves everything is that um, that bit? Why do they got to kill them? Uh, because not they're do spreading with them. COVID, but... Um, oh, they're spreading COVID. But I don't... I kind of... It, it doesn't really say how the cases are linked, but just that, like, it, it, they made it sound like this part of Denmark has the highest um, rate of COVID with 74,000 uh, cases and 800 deaths. Mm -hmm. um, I'm disease jealous right now. Question. Um, what? So, not to cut anybody off, but uh, so uh, obviously we're all going through COVID. Remember when this whole thing started happening back in Marchish time frame, mm -hmm. 
and there was in the news about the German shepherd that caught COVID. I thought that was all bullshit, that animals... No. Oh, okay. Yeah, there was a tiger at the Bronx Zoo that got diagnosed with it. Cats have been diagnosed with it. People's dogs. And now minx. Really? In like yeah, mass so, fucking hysteria. Wash well, your fucking like, hands. Yeah, so a fucking minx. Dog COVID. Huh? Oh, well, I just, and aren't they on a farm? Like, why do they got to kill them? Just like nobody go to the minx farm. Yeah. yeah don't let them the cough on me. I, that's the part I'm not quite understanding um, that it doesn't mm. really go into. This article is super short. I don't it's like, understand. no, Hans, we, we have to kill them. We've, <laughs> uh, we for sure have to kill them. Three feet. Yeah. Are you like, sure? I mean, it, part of it might be that it's a mutated strain and they're worried about w- when it crosses back into people, it being like worse. Yeah. I did hear that. I heard that it is mutating. Yeah. That's how, uh, like viruses get real fucking bad is when they cross from humans to animals and back to humans a couple uh-huh. of times. Cause they pick up like different, like RNA structures from the different animals that they, uh, that they go through. That's like why bats can have COVID and be just fine. But if you, eat that bat then in your soup then you get covid or fuck you'll get peter dinklage is the toxic avenger (laughs) yeah basically it's 2020 Um, everybody the the more animal pools it crosses through the more likely it is to become even more dangerous i guess is oh you just added another fucking horrible horrible level to paranoia in my eyes you know how paranoid I am, Shane, and how, <laughs> how much I was uh, reading up on this like at the end of last year, beginning of this year. And um, so I just read up a lot on, on like general vi- virology, and that's like typical of like HIV, of like uh, MERS, of SARS, of Ebola, of like all of these other like bird flu. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I figure this, you know, I, I feel this could be a whole episode on its own when you talk about like cross contamination in species. It's just fucking crazy. I mean, it's such a common thing in virology that they have like it. The process has its own name that I can't remember off the top of my head right now. Hmm. Um, but yeah, fucked up. It's, it's, it's a normal thing for a virus to do. Yeah. well, I mean, we got it from bats, supposedly, right? Supposedly, bat soup or supposedly. whatever. Supposedly, let's yeah, let's do the the rabbit ears. Nobody Allegedly. can see them, but yes, yes. <laughs> anyway, that's interesting. Um, wow. Well, stay away. Don't let minx cough on you. Note to yeah, self: stay away from minx. I feel you bad know, they have to kill fur. all of them. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a bummer. I mean, like I'm by no means vegan, but I think like industrial farms for specifically purposes like that are just heinous you know yeah for yeah sure. no, they're awful I agree. fucking a yeah yeah uh, well anyway sorry bummer note <laughs> <laughs> it's okay this this whole year is a bummer <laughs> right it's fine what what's new um so piggybacking off of our sasquatch talk last week hmm. um Back in November, there was a sighting in uh, Utah up in Logan Canyon, a Bigfoot sighting, and a group of hunters filmed a supposed Bigfoot uh, on October 24th, 2020. A hunter and his son recorded a potential Bigfoot sighting in Logan Canyon, Utah. Wow. And says the they filmed it about roughly 300 yards away, um, and it looks like you know, your stereotypical, like, broad shoulder, long arms, kind of thin and lean, but big. 
just kind of walking around it and it was walking around in like a known hunting area. So to walk around there with like no orange gear and like a furry suit is like probably not a good idea. <laughs> you're just asking to get fucking shot. <laughs> right. So um, there is a video. If anybody wants to look at it, it's on cryptidlab.com. C-R-Y-P-T-I-D-L-A-B.com. Maybe we can put that in the show notes as well. If anybody wants to take a look. Um, it's pretty, pretty interesting. Um, it's just walking in this wide open field, broad daylight. Hmm. And, um, it just, if this is a hoax, it's whoever's doing it is a complete idiot and just has no regard for their own life. Maybe it's a suicide by Bigfoot. We're especially out during hunt season. Yeah. No shit. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, Oh, you know, screw life. I'm going to dress up as a Bigfoot and, Hopefully not get shot. Um, but the Rocky Mountain Sasquatch Organization, which this is the first I've ever heard of it, is kind of on the case. Um, <laughs> you make it sound they're, like they're, Scooby-Doo. They're, they're investigating it. Um, apparently, Logan Canyon is quite the hotspot for Bigfoot activity as well. Um, they've measured some footprints they found there. Um some of them, they seem to think that they might not belong to Bigfoot, but I mean, this is a known hunting area, so I'm not sure. Kind of, hmm. well, it's you know, on the way up to Bear Lake, too. Maybe, maybe yeah. Sassy's on his way to go visit uh, Bear Lake Monster. Mm-hmm. Oh man, there's some sexy kids right there. Damn. Yep. So, um, it is it is really cool footage. Uh, it it does look like a Bigfoot's just walking around in the in broad daylight. Hmm. Um, yeah, just like in this field for no reason, uh, definitely worth, worth watching. Um, if it is, if it is a hoax, like that's just highly irresponsible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, given the time of year. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, but that's not yeah, the first walking time around. Sorry, go ahead. Huh? That wasn't the first time. Like no, Utah's ahead. had encounters. I mean, remember oh, yeah. it was Provo, right? And yeah, I keep Provo thinking it was Logan. Canyons yeah, got yeah. tons of sightings all the time. Yeah. yeah, there was that one last year that popped up, but honestly, like I couldn't really tell. I was like, I wasn't. I'm like, I can't tell if I'm looking at a rock or what they're expecting. It was a tough one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, huh? Well, but, um, hey. yeah. It's. Uh, I encourage anybody that wants to look at this to. Uh, hopefully we can put this in our notes. If not, go to cryptidlab.com and check it out. Uh, and it, it's about a six minute video and they, they kind of break down some of the footprints and, you know, kind of break down the, uh, the Rocky mountain Sasquatch organization, kind of like their investigation into the sighting and into the video. And obviously you have YouTube users being like, Oh, it's definitely not a human. I, you know, <laughs> we all, we of all know course. the experts on YouTube. Oh, there's tons of them, you know? So, um, yeah, this one lady, she's like, look at the length of its arms and how easily it walks through that rough terrain. It's like, it's a field lady. It's not that fucking hard. <laughs> I wonder, I wonder if Al's part of the Rocky mountain Bigfoot society yet. I don't know. He should be. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. I would think so. Where do they base it? Well, I would think I'm Rocky not Mountain, sure. I haven't really, Colorado. I haven't really looked into it. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. So thank you to Leo if he ever listens to this for uh, 
sending that video to me. Um, oh, cool. Super interesting. Cool. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, that's awesome. We appreciate that. Anytime anybody sees something to send that in, keep us aware of it. We try and stay on top of it, but it's, it's hard to, it's hard to see everything. So we appreciate you. We do try my it, attention in the light of COVID sometimes a little bit more difficult. And, uh, you know, in case you guys haven't heard last episode, uh, we had three Bigfoot researchers on and it was really awesome. It was really cool. It was neat. One was an audio specialist. One was a documentarian. Um, two of them worked for the Olympic project. Uh, and I linked all those to the show notes too, by the way. So, uh, check it out listeners. I mean, well worth your time on just seeing their, uh, expertise and their research. Cause it's been a yeah. bit, I, uh, I was going into that episode a little skeptical of Bigfoot. You know, I always go back and forth, but I try and keep kind of a grounded perspective. And I'm like, eh, I'm sure there's no such thing as Bigfoot. It's just fun to believe. It's fun to think about and everything. But oh, sure. after talking to them and watching the documentary and stuff, I'm like, hey, there may, you know, I, they might have turned a bit of a believer into They, me, they so got I some counter arguments going on. I kind yeah. of feel like... Uh, there's there are too many sightings for there to be nothing mm-hmm. but i'm not sold on bigfoot being a flesh and blood creature of this dimension yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we <do>. blasphemy <laughs> i know but we I, got a, we got like, some of that actually <laughs> uh and like no disrespect to any of those guys at all because i know that they work really hard and in, in yeah, like, researching sure. that and everything I just like there's too many correlations with like UFO activity and the fact that we've never found any kind of uh, like real cultural artifacts or uh, remains. Uh, yeah, it just gives me pause. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, even I, if we even if we didn't find the remains, that's kind of interesting. Sorry to cut you off, but even if we never found the remains of like a Bigfoot wouldn't we find the remains of, you know, possibly torn up animals that look different than like a bear, a bear would eat them or, you know, wouldn't they, right, right. If, if they were a flesh and blood creature, you know, like from planet earth, a biological being from here, like, wouldn't we find their like droppings or wouldn't we find like animals that they've eaten or tools that they've used to hunt or eat or, yeah, you know, something. anything that the common biological entity leaves right and um, but and i mean i guess you could say well oh it just we've probably found that but we just misidentified think it's a bear Mis- yeah just a bunch Which of misidentification is completely possible you know sure. what i mean um also uh like i'm i'm not saying interdimensional bigfoot um although that is one of my favorite phrases <laughs> but what <laughs> i'm saying is i, I think often. it might be like a, a primitive human time slipping you know what I mean? Like, mm. and that's why they disappear without a trace all the time. And we don't really find like, uh, you know, scat and yeah. food remains. And Kind of like, uh, what is that land before time that was on Saturday mornings? One of those things. Remember that what? with the big monkeys and the, you know, they had the slee stacks in the cave. I might be. Oh, myself. I know what you're talking about. Um, yeah. I, I'm thinking more like uh, we did an episode a while back on time slips and how usually they don't mm-hmm. last all that long. And yeah. I'm thinking that it's just like a little bit of like bleed. You know what I, I mean? You know what? I'm not going to say that's not out. I mean, we don't know, right? 
Why do so. time slips only have to pick on that guy though? I know, right? Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, unless like, you know, unless like, like ghosts or time slips as well or stuff like that. I think that some probably are, and I've yeah. heard heard and read a lot of stories of like people seeing woolly mammoths and dinosaurs and shit. So it's like, and they're more like apparitiony. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's. It's fun to think about, though. It's an it's a fun thing to think about, and it's an easy way to explain away the um, lack of physical evidence besides footprints that we've found, besides yeah. footprints and nests. You know what I mean? For sure. But that being said, I I don't think that means that it's not a flesh and blood creature either. It's it's I think of it the same way as I think of the UFO phenomenon. Like uh, just because I think that nuts and bolts theory doesn't explain everything doesn't mean i don't think it explains some of it you know what i mean yeah yeah and it doesn't necessarily mean there's always just only one explanation to an array of exactly things thank you for yeah. putting that much more succinctly <laughs> but yes <laughs> yeah. that's exactly yeah. what i was trying to say yeah, yeah you never know yeah. yeah there could be different threads into that thing for sure so and speaking anyway. of ghosts by the way let's go into the real thing which are ghosts um haunted hill house <laughs> owners reveal spooky happenings so this came out actually about mid-november um here's a quick story of it situated just behind the baker hotel in mineral wells lies haunted hill house where owners Catherine and eddie estes have had many paranormal experiences along with thousands of others who have been within its walls she says, my, uh, quote, my husband and I like to go ghost hunting, and we always went to Jefferson, Texas, and did their, ghoul, their ghost walks. We would go all over the United States. We've been into this for a long time, Catherine said. While we were in the Jefferson, we met a paranormal team that showed us a photo of three ghosts at their house. It was two little boys and one little girl in the carousel room, and he said, why don't you all go there? It's really close to where you live in Springtown. Well, fast forward, they ended up going there, which, of course, was a hill house, um, and it was at the time it was 180,000 and they watched it after they had their spook experience and actually went down to 80,000 and she called the owner about purchasing it. So she says our first day and first visit here, we watched a green silhouette of a little boy go up the stairs, a bouncing ball. And we heard voices. Catherine said it was more activity than we'd ever experienced at any other location. The house was calling us. And so the Estes purchased it in 2017. Um, once they purchased the house, they began to enjoy it. Figured out it was very active on as far as ghosts go. We have had over 10,000 people here that have experienced what we experienced, including many famous TV shows. Haunted Hill House is a 30-acre square foot Victorian mansion built during the Civil War era with direct ties to the baker. The house was once a brothel supplying women and bootlegged items to the hotel. Yeah. Well, there you go. Hell yeah. That brings it all together, Sounds right? Like my kind of establishment. <laughs> I wish I was a rum runner. <laughs> exactly. Uh, many deaths. prostitute. Oh, what? Well, that can kidding. be arranged. Mm. <laughs> depends, depends how, how much, much you're calling, sir. How much, boys? Yeah, exactly. Uh, 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 I will be your <laughs> pimp. Okay. I will be your representation. 10%. I like it. the that's, talent agent. That, that's what you're going to turn into. The talent agent. So, <laughs> anyway, many of this are said to have occurred at the Haunted Hill House. And one of the most prominent spirits, according to the Estes, is a little boy named Jacob Henry Kyle, who was born to one of the working girls. Just outside of the house on the ground, a hollowed out log can be found in place where Jacob, eight, was found hanging from a tree in 1940. A cross is etched into the wood. 
So, evidently a lot of stuff going on there. Um, they say it's the most haunted house in all of Texas and about all the country. They've had EVPs, everything else. Uh, haunted Hill houses draw much attention, including from Ghost Hunter television shows. And last quote here, you would think making these shows that they would have spent the whole night because they do that at other places. But here, they wouldn't do it because it's insane here, Parker County historian Donna McCauley said, adding that she gets goosebumps thinking about it. This is real. So if anybody wants to tour it, tours and overnight stays are offered at Haunted Hill House. For more information, visit hauntedhillhouse.com. And Catherine and the Estes are more than happy to have you. So there you go. So is that where the Netflix show House on Haunted Hill got there? Or Haunting at Hill House got... Is that the same hill house i or is think that, so uh, i was trying to tie that together so. but i is wasn't just sure a coincidence i think isn't the haunting at hill house just basically a, a take on that old movie no that's something no. totally different no that that's uh that that's house on, that's house on that, but... that's house on haunted hill no yeah. there, there was a movie called like hill house or something though was yeah, but the ne- I, I think the Netflix thing is something totally different. Yeah, it is. But I know the Netflix. But either different. way, is it? I this- didn't watch the show, but I'm telling you, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, I guess is this just the fucking house? That's why all these hills have I, eyes, I, I, shows. You know, I, a lot of towns have like hills in the is name. That, Maybe it's just coincidence. I, I so I've just never heard you know. of this like Hill House minus that uh, Netflix show. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, but I don't think it's the same um, because this was the, that I think was based on a novel back in like the mid 2000s. And so, I mean, it's possible maybe the old owners before Catherine and her husband purchased it, maybe, but I don't know. I don't see the correlation, but there might be. But anyway, you know, while in Texas, if you happen to, you know, come across, by all means, you know, check out that scary thing. But we always want to throw a ghost story out there. Um, we're going to take a break, if you guys are cool with it, and we're going to spend the rest of the episode talking about something else, not to <laughs> lead you by your strings, but uh, stand by, everybody. Believe in UFOs? Felt that chill up your spine that you just can't explain? Contemplate the other side of reality? Do you shake your head at the world that seems to have lost its common sense? Well, look no further than Strange Uncles. Find them on all podcast platforms and call their hotline to tell your side of reality at 801-252-6945. Open the gates. All right, so let's talk about the mono elephant in the room. Ah! Uh, <laughs> so a friend of mine, um, I, I saw this on Twitter, uh, the other day when I was laying in bed. So it must've been the weekend could have been a weekday morning. Who knows? Anyway, I texted you guys about a weird, uh, monolith down in, um, the desert, uh, out in Southern Utah. Um, and recently one of my friends, uh, texted me <laughs> in her best Jerry Seinfeld voice what's the deal with that monolith? (laughs) And that cracked me up. But uh, so there was a a helicopter crew for the, uh, not the Bureau of Land Management, but uh, something like that, that was out counting longhorn sheep, uh, just basically doing a census. 
and they saw something shiny in the desert. So they decided to take a closer look and it made a fun, short little story on the local news that blew up as I'm sure you all know by now. Um, and, uh, resulted in many people making the trek down to the desert to find this monolith. And then it disappeared. Yes, it did. And there's more yeah. to this To Oh, go ahead, John. Huh, I was just going to say, yeah, after all of this, uh, it's crazy how much that blew up, which I guess is not surprising because it is very strange in a desolate part of the Southern Utah desert. Yeah. Yeah. There's um, a lot of desolate parts of the Southern Utah desert, but yeah. You know, yeah. Um, and then just to disappear. Right. It's like, and, I've, it's, um, I have a theory on it. Yeah, I, I do too. I okay. kind of want to go through the whole saga. Yeah, I was going to say to theories. All those. So let's cover a couple things before we talk about the disappearance. And and this is you know I've been following this, but if you guys have more information, by all means, you know, pipe in and we'll go from there. So obviously they found it doing Longhorn sheep, like you said, Josh. They didn't release doing the coordinates. Sheep. Well, you know, as one does. So they didn't want to do the coordinates because they didn't want everybody to fucking flock to it, which. Go figure. That's what happened, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, you have a bunch of internet sleuths because it's 2020, everybody. We're in COVID. So most of us are doing nothing but sitting in our houses in front of the computer screens trying to find out mysteries for whatever reason we're finding them out. So we had sleuths that went out there and figured out that between it was through 2015 and 2016 that somehow it got put up in that time frame. That's what I gather, or have you guys heard something different? Mm, I didn't hear anything about when it went up. Um, okay. I assumed recently, but I, I think they, I, I could have swore that Google Earth shows it like popping up sometime in 2016. Yeah, right. Yeah. So they, it was here then, and then it wasn't here, right? So now we got a thing. Okay, now it was up. Now they talk about where, you know, of course, all the conspiracy there's, oh, fucking aliens, this, that. God, 2001 and all oh this other God, bullshit. It's full of stars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But in reality, it looked like, and, and again, this is an assumption, that there was an artist um, that actually has recently passed, and he's the one that set it up and built it in the middle of nowhere and just didn't say anything to anybody. And nobody found out about it, and nobody saw it till four years later, which brings us to 2020, right? I mean, that would be cool. It looked like a really cool placement. <clears throat> well, yeah, there's more. Okay. So there's a little bit more to it that I have questions for, but so that's a chronological, right? We think it was put up here. We don't have coordinates. Sluice went on Google earth. They found out the coordinates. Now people started flocking to it. Now you got people going out there, taking pictures with it. It's this 12 foot, you know, oblong, obelisk thing in the bed. Nobody knows how deep it goes. There's some saw cuts in the stone that, you know, obviously looks like they cut it. They placed it where it wants to be. The nearest trail or the road from where it's at is a little over a mile. So in order to do this, if you're an artist, you would have to take everything, back out your truck, get all the tools, hike in over a mile, set it all, which, which again, isn't not doable, right, at this point. I mean, yeah. if you want to be weird determination yeah exactly yeah put it up do your thing so i mean it's only a mile like you can you can trek a lot of stuff in just a mile yeah absolutely you can 
right. I'm hell out of shape, I could probably do it. <laughs> if you exactly. let me like stop and rest three or four times. Every 400 yards or so. You know, give me a breather. Uh, I'll be okay when I go in. So this guy, or whoever it was, architect, or let's say aliens, let's throw that out there just for shits and giggles. You bring this in here. You put up the thing. You disappear. You wait for somebody to find it. Number one, that's talk about fucking Picasso abstract art. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's patience. I mean, it's really the coolest piece of art installation. Fucking awesome. There is. Oh, yeah. No, hands down. You know, I somebody, you know, not taking not taking credit for it and just like being like, bloop. Yep. Here it is. Yeah. Yeah. So that occurred. And then, of course, people found the coordinates. They start flocking to it. They start taking pictures of it, whatever have you. Then all of a sudden, the news reports, and and again, I'm following chronological, uh, that appeared, and everybody's looking at it, doing their thing. And then all of a sudden, we get other news reports. I don't know if you guys want to cover that side of it, about um, other ones that were placed. Uh, So uh, the day the monolith in southern Utah disappeared, they found another one in Romania that a lot of reports call identical. I think that <laughs> word is doing a lot of work. Um, similar, yeah, maybe inspired by. Uh, <laughs> definitely not identical. Um, but another one, it was interesting timing that it was discovered the same day that the one in uh, southern Utah disappeared. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. The, the one in Romania looks like dog crap oh it looks like a fucking polished turn to punch bowl it is oh, yeah. not in good shape whatsoever like so, the, didn't the, buffer it i mean the the, the in, artist that did it in southern utah at least tried to make it look yeah mysterious all of the pictures that i've seen of the one in southern utah the finish looks flawless it looks super reflective it basically looks like mirror um and just from the first picture i saw of the one in romania and seeing all the uh all the sand marks in it from someone hitting it with a palm sander with like 32 grit it reminded me of when i worked at a auto body shop and uh the owner of the shop would make a lot of art like he would like sand down pieces of sheet metal and then airbrush on them yeah yeah and uh that was his first step was uh sanding it with like 32 grit and a palm sander and getting it nice and scratched up so that the paint would stick so the first time i saw that i was just like anthony when did you go to romania <laughs> do, you, do you have some secret life i don't know about no it's awful it, it is god awful so and actually there's another one that supposedly and this isn't confirmed again maybe i shouldn't throw it out there but there's another go one ahead. that that uh they say popped up in turkey now i haven't seen pictures of it yet but i caught that article today i you know again this is all well i'm sure fuck, i'm sure there's you know. a bunch of people just trying to Add to yeah. it or whatever, you know. I think it was probably coincidence that the one in Romania got for, got discovered uh, the same day as the one in Utah disappeared. And I don't know how accurate that is. It might just be that that was the same day that it was reported. Do you um, think discovered or do you think it was there? Or do you think some asshole saw the news in Utah and went, I, I'm going to fucking throw one of these up real quick? I think that happened and it was a happy accident that it happened to be the same day that the one in Utah went missing. Yeah. Fair. Well, and so I'm on uh, Mike.com and there's an Instagram page called Ross Bernard's. Yes. And he is saying that, uh, 
On Friday, three friends and myself drove the six hours down to the middle of nowhere in Utah trailhead around 7 p.m. after passing a sea of cars on our way in. Uh, he says they passed a group as they hiked towards the mysterious monolith while another group was there when we arrived and they left pretty quick after we got there for the next hour and 40 minutes. We had the place to ourselves. So he was, you know, taking pictures of them on top of it and all of that. Yeah. I checked um, out his profile. He's a pretty decent photographer and the pictures he took of it were pretty cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So, Around 8.40, four guys round the corner, and two of them walked forward. They gave a couple of pushes on the monolith, and one of them said, you better have got your pictures. He then gave it a big push and went over, leaning to one side. And uh, he yelled back to his other friends that they didn't need the tools. The other guy with him at the monolith then said, this is why you don't leave trash in the desert. Then all four of them came up and pushed it almost to the ground on one side. And before they decided to push it back, the other one then popped out and landed on the ground with a loud bang. They quickly broke it apart, and as they were carrying to the wheelbarrow that they had brought, one of them looked back at us all and said, leave no trace. That was at 848. <laughs> leave um, no and, trace. and there is pictures of four dudes just kind of yeah, he snaps on this. And it almost sounds like it's kind of four almost environmentalists yeah. that it's driving a lot of traffic to the middle of nowhere in Utah and get yeah. a lot more traffic and, you know, destroying shit. And they're just like, you know, that, that's kind of yeah. what I got out of it. it. it like it they is, don't give a shit about this handmade. Like it's all, it's not some alien thing. Like there's saw marks, there's rivets, you know, that you can tell there's spot welding. You can see where things align. Like it is an art installation. Well, and it, it sounds, Oh, sorry. It sounds like whoever moved, removed it is just pissed that it was there because it was causing so much. Attention. Yeah. Either that, or it was, they were the ones that put it there and were like, fuck it. Time to get rid of it. But yeah. like, yeah, but why it reminds though? me of how, uh, I can't remember. I want to say it's in California, but there's like this, like, uh, iconic field of, I don't even remember what type of flowers that bloom. Um, and everyone goes there to get pictures for the gram and they fucking destroy the field of flowers and while they're doing it because they can't be self-aware enough to be careful. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, Central park has something like that too. And, Same and thing. The, yeah. the desert eco ecosystem is very fragile and delicate and everyone driving their fucking trucks and shit down there to go get pictures at the monolith. We're causing a lot of havoc. So I, I do agree with you, John. I think if it's not the people that put it in there, it was just people that care about the environment that were like, fuck this. Well, yeah. and I don't, yeah, Honestly, I don't have a problem with it. No, 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 not really. No, no, and I'll tell you, honestly, on top of that, too, I don't think people know how f- that really a desert ecosystem is more fragile than a forest ecosystem in its own right because it, it's trying to survive. <laughs> and this guy that was talking about this, uh, Bernard's, um, when he was hiking out, he was showing pictures of everybody that was coming. Literally, you look at it, and there's like three or four RVs. There's like 10 different trucks and vehicles and cars. Like people were already flocking. To that, and, and oh, we're yeah. looking at what a weekend of this, you know. So, yeah. I don't did you know, I hate to sound and and cast this thing of disbelief over oh god, it was do the grays know how to weld and put rivets in because it must have been them. I don't <laughs> think that's a fucking case here. I so, didn't for one second think it was anything other than an art installation, yeah. Um, no, absolutely yeah. not. I mean, it's fun to think that it's something else, but uh. 
I don't think it was. And, and it, honestly, like a lot of people were giving that dude shit in the comments. Like, well, you still went and got your picture for the gram because he said that he was glad that the people came and took it down because of said damage to the delicate ecosystems mm. in the in the desert. Um, <laughs> and and that just made me think. Like, I really wish the people that found the coordinates would have just kept it to themselves. And if they were nearby, gone and got their own picture and like scrubbed it of like geo uh, geos tagging data and yeah been no just kept it secret like if you can find it great but yeah it would have been way cool if it was just still secret like i know yeah i mean when I, I don't think yeah. for one second it's oh. alien whatsoever but yeah if it was secret and it's like well if you stumble upon this in the desert then that's cool well and we talked about when it first got announced you know what you you know josh you shared it with us and we're like back forth going oh god we would like john you so we i want to go find that yeah, we yeah. do, but at the same time, it's it's a different thing. I, I don't I don't want to fucking ruin an ecosystem because of it. So here's mm. some other stuff too. After the fact, this is back to this Bernard's guy. Um, Bernard's did not photograph the men who took down the sculpture, fearing a confrontation with them. But he did. It was blurry, but he didn't want to. Yeah. The, I, evidently, there was something that was they might be armed, something like that. Well, um, yeah, I mean, it's Southern Utah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's Utah in general. You yeah, never go, know. Yeah, go figure. Um, however, his friend who accompanied him on the trip, James Newlands, thirty eight. Uh, slyly captured a few quick photographs of him on a cell phone. The blurry images show the group of men working in the darkness with a torch strapped to their foreheads wearing gloves but not face masks. This is adds insult to injury, by the way. Um, the exposed insides of monoliths are visible too, which appears to be a hollow structure with an armature made from plywood. Adventures Ricardo Mari- Marino and Sahara Van Meter also trekked to visit the monument on Friday but arrived after 11.30 p.m. to find this site eerily desolate. All that was left in this place was a message written in the dirt in P that said, Bye, bitch, with a fresh pea stain right next to it. Marino said on Instagram <laughs> on Saturday. That's awesome. Yeah, okay. So it's unclear oh, if the man. message was left, but the same men observed by Bernard's, uh, but the photographer made no reference to such conduct. So... Yeah, and it, and it is it. You look at the picture, and it it says, "Bye, bitch." So I eh. just can't believe that, like in the year of our Lord COVID twenty twenty, when you should be wearing a mask, and you're going into a situation that might end up confrontational, that you're not wearing a fucking mask. Oh my God! Please, like if I was fuck. going to rip down the monument, I would assume someone's probably going to be there, and they're probably going to be like, "What the fuck?" and I would have my fucking face covered you know but i think you said it earlier josh um it's southern utah so there's that i went through the same thing when you went through montana not one fucking mask prison not even the people running the businesses were wearing masks so yeah and and to be fair I, i don't really remember what part of the state this ended up being in but like uh some of my family lives down in washington county down in saint george and like they've had less even though they i think just because it's a smaller population um they've had less impacts from covid so people just aren't taking it as seriously mm-hmm. yeah agreed so. agreed well you know that's a great mystery of the monolith um we'll see if other things pop up across the world i i just uh, you know god guys we had to cover it because we're in utah for fuck's sake if we did yeah, i mean it know. was <clears throat> super cool i got super excited to see it so yeah I do have one thing. If you're going to put more up in mysterious places, like please, for the love of God, do a better job than whoever did it in Romania. Yeah. <laughs> at least because it's that, one, at. that one looks like a pile of dog shit. 
Yeah, it is that not looks good. like some kid in eighth grade shop class did it. Yeah, and that's yeah. Romania. Hopefully, that's not. <laughs> yeah, that's awful. So, with that being said, we want to cover that. Um, I will say so. I got one more thing to put out there because it is December, and I, I felt kind of obliged to say it. I, I think we all do. You know, we um, kind of sentimental a little bit. But, you know, everybody bitches about 2020, and, and, and it's weird. I mean, fuck, right? You know, we've had the weirdest year. I personally have had. I've never been through a pandemic. I've never had a presidential campaign. I've never. Like, it has just been very authentic. And I hear everybody talk about, oh, my God, I can't wait for it to be over. But the flip side of that whole thing, and, and I guess this is what I ask you guys, is – Yes, we can't wait for it to be over. Yes, we look at a new year. Hopefully, we have new things coming. You know, fingers crossed. I'm not holding my breath because you never know. But on the on the end of all that, I'm not going to forget 2020 because I think if we do, we're doing it a great disservice. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you could forget this year. No, <laughs> if you're an adult and you live through, I, uh, I don't know how you could think that the calendar turning from December 2020 to January 2021, I was going to changes everything. Fucking thing. Yeah, I was right. going to say that as right. well. Like, I'm not really yeah. looking forward to 2021 either. No, I'm no, not looking forward to like 2022. I think it'll. I was be about to say like maybe 2030. <laughs> I might be looking forward to. I don't know. Right. So far, <laughs> maybe something will have changed by uh, now. Like, uh, I have mixed feelings about Leonardo DiCaprio, but um, (laughs) last night uh, Aubrey made us watch the 11th hour again, that documentary he did a couple years ago. Oh, that's great. uh, Climate change. And I have never wanted to become an eco-terrorist so bad in my entire life. (laughs) Um, But we're on borrowed fucking time and we're not doing anything about it. And like, yes, I'm glad that Biden won the election, but I'm really upset to see, that now the second part of that, that everybody acknowledged during the race of now we have to try and pull him left is being met from establishment Democrats and, and centrist people as you're being a dickhead. If we're telling Biden that he's got to do better, you know what I mean? And not yeah. to get super yeah. political, but we, yeah, we're yeah. no, no, I get it. I, we I get it. To that's why I bring it up to save ourselves and the calendar changing isn't going to do it by itself. Oh, for sure. For no. sure. Um, yeah, we definitely have a long, scary road ahead of us. Um, yeah. So well, I would get all political, but I just don't feel like it. Yeah, I'm kind of out of energy. <laughs> Likewise. But yeah. to bring it back to fun shit, um, have you guys been watching uh, His Dark Materials on uh, HBO? Not no, yet. Was, I've been Not meaning yet. to watch it. Is that good? Fuck yeah, it's so good. Did you right. ever see the movie that came out a few years ago, The Golden Compass? Oh, yeah. No. It's with the big bear, it, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's so basically, the first season is kind of a remake of that because they're both based off the same novel. Uh, but the HBO show goes into much more detail, and I think our audience would really like it, and I think you guys would really like it because it's all about like uh, the mini worlds, like uh, multiverse theory oh. of shit. Um, nice, and it's really really interesting like they in the the first season they flip back and forth between our existence and an earth that's like ours but more steampunk and uh with that's more magical um and i i don't know you guys would really like it and i wanted to bring it up to you because i think our listeners if you haven't 
been watching it you should check it out if you got the hbos because it's pretty dope season so you're saying season two's out yeah it just started like the third episode i love like not getting in on a show like right away me too yeah when i binge it i can like when that season one or two cliffhanger comes out you're like boom season two episode (laughs) one yeah yeah. Uh, I think you'd really like this because there is a lot of that like magical realism, especially in season one, but then it's like grounded in, in the scenes where they cross over into our world. And it's, mm-hmm. it's really interesting. Sounds cool. Oh, really good. Show. No, I, there, you know, there's so much stuff on TV. There's so much stuff on TV. I mean, even if you subscribe to one or two different things, it, it's fucking insane. Oh yeah. Wife and I can't really keep up with where we're at, you know? So, I mean, if you have recommendations like that, listeners, you know, send them in to us too. So we can, hear them and listen to them and, and go that route you know josh always you know watching the t- i'm same way with the movies and the tv you know if something comes out uh you know i try to check it out for the most part some things are kind of hit and miss um bill and ted's um new one that hit and miss yeah just fyi i still um, haven't seen it yeah, yeah but i too. i will say that uh and and i think i hit it on it during the bigfoot talk but uh the dark divide is well worth it on prime Four ninety nine rental David Cross. It's a very ethereal version of Bigfoot. It, it really kind of I I don't know. I love those kind of shows. And With it's David really, Cross, really yeah, of all people, it, it's the comedian David. Yeah, the yeah. David, oh, yeah, nice. Yeah. Okay, shit. Yeah, yeah. It, it's America worth it. Laugh again, David Cross. <laughs> <laughs> That's the guy. <laughs> Men in Black. David Fucking Cross. Love David Cross. Yeah, he's so cool. I saw him live actually. My buddy uh, pissed next too. to him with a urinal at the show they were at. It was really funny. So he was all happy about it. But um, with that being said, so we're going to leave you. You know, I bring up the whole 2020 because I I think it's important for everybody just to look back on it and reflect and and not just go fuck this year, but more of, you know, what did we goddamn learn? Because I don't think a lot of us are doing that. Um, Mm -hmm. And I wish the best for everything. We've got uh, people lined up for the rest of the December. We've got a gal from Ireland lined up. We have a script that we wrote ourselves that we've been working on lined up and we got a whole month of December to fill out and even predictions to top it off with towards the end. So stand by for that. And if you're a Patreon member, uh, we've got some book reviews coming out. I'm almost done with uh, T. Krulos's other book. Uh, I'll be done with that. And then I think Josh, you've got one you're reading on your side. So, you know, we'll have new releases for our Patreon and yeah, I mean, it's nothing but up and uh, hopefully you guys like what you're doing and uh, hopefully you like the news. We'll be back for January the 14th news again. And you can write us at strandjuggles at gmail.com. You can call us at 801-252-6945. And you can let us know. Tell us your story, your tale, your encounter, whatever you guys have on your side. And then uh, the socials. Guys, you got those? Yeah, uh, you can hit us at uh, Strange Uncles on Twitter, Strange Uncles Podcast on Facebook and Instajams. Outstanding. And rate and review. Really, really helps Please. us. Please, yeah. Rate and review. Yeah. Uh, helps us. And, you know, just it's it, it feels nice to see those reviews. It, it gives you a little and, warm spot in your heart, doesn't it? Just a bit. Unless they're shitty, then, you know. Yeah, fuck you if they're but shitty. If, if they're <laughs> shitty, just email us and tell us what we did wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, on the side. <laughs> just leave it on the side. It'd be fun. Uh, but honestly, all feedback is welcome. We, would, we really appreciate knowing if you guys are interested in any of the dumb shit we talk about. Yep, yeah. Absolutely. Honestly, sometimes constructive criticism is the best type. So Absolutely. 
Absolutely. So anyway, hopefully you guys are good. Hopefully you like news. Um, I will talk to you what next week, and we're talking about how to disappear. Ooh, yeah. And we will go from that, just like magic. Close the gates, everybody. <laughs>